Good morning, and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we're going to go again on a journey as we walk through the Word of God, seeking the truth and speaking the truth that uh, the Scripture have. And I pray that this Word today will be a blessing to you. Today we're going to start a new series on prayer. And this is going to be in connection with what we just covered as we walk through how that grace is, the power of God, how that grace and the mercy of God is there for us, and that if we will continue to walk in God's grace, we will see Him do mighty things and mighty works in our lives, and how that grace is for us today. So as we go into talking about prayer, there are so many ways and so many things that people have to say about prayer in grace. And when I say about grace, we know that grace is God's unmerited favor, meaning that we didn't earn it, there's nothing you can do to obtain it, only the thing that God asks us to do is to receive, is to receive what he has offered through his son and our savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we talk about prayer, we know that Jesus taught his disciples. And one of the things that they spoke of in Luke 11 was that, Lord, teach us how to pray. But I believe that we're going to go today, though, in Matthew, uh, the sixth chapter, as Jesus taught them about what prayer is not. Because there are many examples, there are many religions today, you know, they, that speak of prayer, and many they go into the corn, they they go into their private place or they go into public places, and they meditate and say um and, and those different things. There are others who pray four to five times a day, and there are others, even in the Christian uh, beliefs, how that there are strict ways that we must pray. Uh, some have their prayer, they pray through Mary. Some, you know, they pray in Jesus' name. Others say, well, if you're in grace, why do we need to pray at all? Uh, Jesus said that your Father knows what you have need of, so why do I need to pray? But I believe, and uh, we're going to stay with the scripture, that every, if, if our Father spoke his word, the things that he desired, when God spoke in the book of Genesis, and he spoke to light and said, light be, light came. When he spoke to the, the seeds, when he spoke to uh, and separated the seeds from the land, when he spoke to every tree and commanded it to be a, a seed bearing, all of those not only were, were, were commandments or uh, God taking his authority and using his authority, but they were prayers because the Father knew what he wanted and he spoke them with confidence, knowing that if I say it, it's going to come to pass. And this is the same way that we must be in prayer. We must have the confidence and know when we pray in grace. And again, again, some say that if we, if God knows what we need, then why should we pray? Because our prayers is our agreement. And we're going to get into that later. It's our agreement to what God has already done. It's not the begging and the pleading and as some would say and how you got to go into the uh, and we'll get into this later, but uh, as many have taught in error how that we should approach God, but we should approach him as dear children. As the apostles, when they, as they learn and as they begin to walk in grace, as Apostle Paul taught Peter and others, uh, they spoke of about how that we should approach a, a loving God. How should we should approach the God of all of the universe? We should come, <clears throat> even in the Old Testament. In the uh, book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 45, how the Father said to command ye me. Now, we know that we cannot, <clears throat> excuse me, 
command God in anything as far as making him do anything. Because we don't need to make God do anything. What we need to do is to find out what he says in his covenant and how does it apply to us. Then that's how we should align our prayers to what God has already done. If you listen to my teaching at all, I hope that's one of my prayers is to uh, uh, inform and to teach on what God has already done, what Jesus already accomplished. And when we go to what our Savior has already accomplished and we walk in agreement with him, that's when we're able to reach over into grace and, and, and bring in that manifestation into our present time. Because God has everything that we'll ever need. According, again, as according to Apostle Peter, he said he provided all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And also, if you go and just do a word study, study in the book of Ephesians, how that I call that the <clears throat> God's will, uh, as the whole Bible is, is, is the will, the old will, and as we know, is the Old Testament, the new will, which is uh, um, the New Testament, or the, or the Gospels, as we, as we say. But when we find God's will, we walk in his will, and we pray his will, then we'll see so many more manifestations when we pray according to the will of God. So today, uh, knowing that there are so many uh, prayers and so many thoughts on prayers, let's go to what first, what prayer is not. So we're going to begin in the book of Matthew, uh, <clears throat> the sixth chapter. And Jesus begin, as Jesus began to teach here, let's, let's, let's walk with him here. And Matthew 6, verse number 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray. Now, <clears throat> isn't that something? What Jesus said, he said, hypocrites love to pray. And when you're hypocritical, as, as, or a hypocrite, as we say, as, as um, uh, what Jesus is saying here, rather, he's talking about a hypocrite is the person who says one thing and is or does another. A hypocrite is someone who says one thing but lives or does another. There are, uh, we would say, a phony. They're false. You know, uh, my, my grandmother and others, as we grew up, they would say, you know, an empty wagon makes a lot of noise. You know, one that's, uh, and you know, when you could hear empty wagon back in the day, uh, seemed like a half a mile away. You could hear it coming because there was nothing in it. It, it, it was loud. It was, uh, uh, the boards were banging back and forth. And you could hear that horse, that horse and buggy coming because it was empty. But one that was loaded and it was gripping the dirt because there, uh, there was, there were very few paved roads. So you couldn't hear that one as it went over the bumps. Because it was loaded, it was it was it was loaded down, and and it had something to bring. It had something to bring, but with Jesus, and it was bringing something. And as Jesus began to say here, he says, uh, "Be not as those who say one thing, and are another, or do not be as the hypocrites are." In verse number five, he says, "He says, for they love to pray." Standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street of the streets, that they may be seen of men. For verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So he's saying they make a show of 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 praying, and somebody love to pray, pray, or make a lot of noise, 
you know, sometimes, you know, when you go to church and I've been to churches and, you know, people get up to pray and it's such a long, elongated prayer. And, you know, it's in my God, you know, and there's nothing wrong with praying. It's, it, of course, it's something Jesus commanded us to do. It was one of the first things that uh, that's why the disciples asked him to pray. And Je we know that Jesus prayed when he was on the, in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, knowing that he what he had to face, he prayed. The Bible says he wouldn't pray three times. So we know prayer is needed and prayer is a requirement for the believer. But Jesus said, let's not be as those who want to get out in front of everybody, make a show, tell everybody, oh, I was in prayer all last night and I prayed two and three hours. But you will see when Jesus raised, when he raised Lazarus, what did he pray? His, his first words were, Father, he said, you were doing this for them. But when he commanded Lazarus to come forth, what did he say? He said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Those are three words. Three words. What a short prayer. And you'll find, again, as you study the scriptures and study the New Testament, when Jesus was out in public, when he was there, and he was, uh, there was an action needed to be done, when he spoke and he prayed, they were very short prayers, contrary to what we see today, which prayers can go on and on and on. And again, that's what hypocrites like to do. They love to pray. But the most effective prayers are those which are short. Because you, when you, when you, many times when we're not sure, we feel like we got to cover every base and cover everything that, you know, uh, uh, that we've. That, that, that we think are possible. We're going to need to close every door. But grace has already done that for us. We just need to pray in the spirit. And that's another form of praying. When we pray in the spirit and pray in tongues. Which many say that they, uh, tongues are not necessary. That was for the disciples. And in their day. We don't need, you know, uh, uh, tongues have, have passed. We don't, need to, we don't need to pray in tongues today. Many would say even the disciples and, and the apostleships and all, all those many miracles. That's why many folks say, well, you know, even the miracles of God. That's why we have medicines and doctors. Uh, uh, because uh, the miracles of the Old Testament, the uh, miracles of Jesus and the miracles of disciples have passed and long gone. Now God has given us a better thing. He's given us, uh, we have uh, radiation for cancer. We have uh, uh, miracle drugs. We have miracle drugs for all the diseases and you know, look at the great miracle that happened. I'm just saying what, what, what the culture and what people are saying today is that uh, look what the culture did when they created the vaccine for COVID-19 because they don't recognize, and many times we, even in the church, don't recognize what uh, the power of prayer is and how to use prayer effectively. We must use the tools. When we use the tools of God effectively, we will get results. That's what we can get is results. And I've seen God move in through, through prayer. Just, just, just using the, the principle that God has given and speaking to things. And again, this is one of the things that we're going to cover later on. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But when you pray effectively, you don't pray as as uh, as the hypocrite does all around and tell God about the problem. And, oh, I got to explain to God. Oh, poor, misinformed God. You know, God doesn't know that I need this or that. 
But as we we would go down and, and uh, we had time today, and we may get that time and reading about the Lord's Prayer, we come. Prayer is not only uh, telling God what the, your situation is, but first it's glorifying Him <clears throat> and magnifying Him and 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 telling Him how great He is, how thankful we are that we know Him and have a relationship with Him. And that's what Jesus was saying in our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Jesus was praising him. Because that was the example that he was giving the disciples of what prayer is. Prayer is, is extolling God of all of his great virtues. And Lord, uh, uh, you're good. You're wonderful. You're kind. You're loving. You're merciful. And you gave us the greatest gift that mankind could ever possibly receive. For we got your son who died sacrificially for us. That's the greatest gift. And the greatest miracle that every believer will ever encounter. Whether you are sick, whether you are, uh, need money, whether you need housing, whether you need uh, you have a problem that you cannot have solved. The greatest blessing that God could ever give to you is the gift of Jesus Christ. But here again, let's go back to uh, uh, St. Matthew 6 and 5. It says, and thou, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrite. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, making themselves known, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, because they are making a show for people. Jesus said, "You have your reward. You, you're already. You're making. You're, you're, you're. It's all about you." And in their day, that's what the scribes and Pharisees did. They put. Uh, what they call the phylacteries or whatever. They put the box on their head and make, so, make themselves so humble, uh, appear so humble. Many of them, they dress themselves in sackcloth and ashes and say, oh, I'm fasting for the Lord. And, you know, and they're just making themselves everything known. And making it, and, and it's, it's nothing wrong with it. someone asks you, why are you not eating today? You say, you know, well, I'm giving this certain time to God. Because you've got a direct question. But, but that's opposed to, uh, telling everybody, oh, don't talk to me. I'm fasting today. I don't have time. You know, I don't have time for you for this or that. You know, that's something that we shouldn't do. But if you come and ask me a question directly that I'm fasting, well, I'm making doing a dedication, a consecration to God today. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not eating today. But again, I'm talking about being practical and using what God has put before us. And when we're talking about prayer. And Jesus here is talking about long prayers and making yourself, making uh, uh, a show before men. That's not what he asked the New Testament believer to do. Okay, now let's go now to verse number six. He said, but when you pray, when thou prayest, in into your closet. Closet. And I think he's here, he's, 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 he's making a metaphor, but a closet means a secret place. You know, you can pray in the midst of people. You can pray silently. And there's an example of that even in the Old Testament when uh, Eli saw uh, the woman praying in the in the temple and this was uh, Samuel's mother and she was praying but not moving her lips and Eli said, why are you why are you drunk? Why are you drinking so early in the day? And she said, no, no, uh, uh, no, no, no master, no, no good master, no, no teacher. No, I am not drunk as you suppose. She says, I'm praying because my heart is broken because I am making my request known to God. And little did the priest know that she was praying because she was barren, barren and had no children. And she was asking God to 
to grant her her request. But she was praying silent. She was praying silently, but moving her lips. So you can pray and not and in the midst of people. You can pray within your spirit, within your mind. And see, prayer, you can equate prayer with worry. And somebody said, how can you do that, preacher? And you can, uh, uh, you can as we worry about things, you have a sick child, you have uh, relationship issues, if you got a bill that's due and you don't have, you got uh, uh, your money and run out and the bill is longer than your money, your bills are longer than uh, what you have on your supply, that worry, that rent being due, that car being due, that car note being due, all those things, will, 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 when we don't allow, put it in the hands of God, that worry can be with us all day, all night, and it can just worry. We'll dream about it. We'll be tormented by it. And the fear of it will torment us. But when we're in when we're in connection with God, we don't carry those things all day and all night. So the same way that we can worry about a thing, we can pray about a thing. And what I mean by that is we pray and put it into the hand of God, in the hands of God, and then we just thank you. Anytime something comes up, oh, Father, and I'm talking about within yourself, oh, Father, just thank you. This is in your hands. I'm praising you for it. I'm just uh, waiting, looking for the manifestation, Lord, but you've already done it. You've blessed me. You, you've taken care of this issue, whether it's uh, your health or whatever that issue may be. I thank you, God, that you've done this for me. And this prayer is answered because you said it would be. And so I receive what you, what I have prayed, and I just give you glory for it. And you can go about the day thanking God. You can bring up and recall how he's answered prayers in the past. How he's delivered you. How he's helped you. How he's, he's healed you. How he's blessed you. And just go about just giving God glory. But again, not before men. But just do it within your, within your heart saying, Father, thank you. And just keeping a, 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 not only a positive attitude, but a godly attitude. That's what prayer is. Prayer is your conversation with God. And again, and we'll get into that more, prayer is not and should not be a one-way, a, 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 a one-person a soliloquy. Put it that way. Soliloquy is a long speech where you just get up and just talk and talk and talk and then amen. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is praying, listening, and receiving what God was hearing to see what he would say. The prophet said, spoke in, in the Old Testament. He said, uh, he said, I'm going to stand upon my watch. He said, and, I, and he said, I'm going to see what the Father will say unto me. And that was his watch was, he said, in the, in the, in the evening time, in the night time, I'm just going to wait and just hear what the Father has said. He made his petition, but he said, I know God's got something to say about this. I know the Father has a reply. Because Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And this is in Matthew 7 and 8. He said, For everyone that asketh, receiveth. You, we ask in prayer. So when we ask, we have to ask with confidence. Not as a hypocrite, over and over and over again. But we ask with, and we pray with confidence. Knowing that, oh, as we've given God praise, we've given God glory, then we make our petition, then we give God praise and give with God glory and thank Him for it being done, and then we move on. See, that's what real prayer is, and we listen. And that was my main point there, was listening to hear 
what God would say. Listen to hear what the Spirit would, would, would impart unto us and would uh, uh, speak to our spirit. As you read in the book of Revelation, and if John, uh, the first, first book of, uh, in, at the Apostle John in, uh, in the book of Revelation 1 and 2, you got to be, we must be able to hear what the Spirit says to the church. So we are the church, not the building. The building is where the church meets, but we are the church. And the Father wants to speak to you. He does speak. He constantly speaking to us. But the question and the issue is, are we constantly listening? Are we listening? Whenever you have an issue, God wants to be involved in our lives. And sometimes it takes us years or months or however. Some of you are, are much, much uh, more attuned to the Spirit. But the Father desires to be involved in what you are doing. He cares much for you. It's written in the, in, in the, uh, in the epistle where the, where the gospel writer says that we have not a Savior that cannot be touched with our feelings. Jesus knows what it feels like to have your heart broken, to have uh, uh, show love to people and have face rejection. All of these things our Savior went through. But he was able to overcome them through prayer, through meditation, through uh, uh, praying to the Father in tongues, praying to the Father, because he was here in body, and he felt, and he did everything that we went through. And I'm not talking about every situation, because we know many of the situations today, he didn't have back then, but every category of sin, he faced it. The New Testament says there's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All of those things were present in the garden. Those were the three tests that uh, Adam and Eve failed when they ate of the fruit. Those were the three tests that Jesus faced when he, was, he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. When he fasted 40 days, rather. Satan tempted him with what? The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He said, I'll, make, I'll give you all the kingdoms. Turn these stones to bread. Jump off this cliff. God's got you. All of these things and the same thing face us today. He come to us and he tempts us with all of these three categories. That's what every Satan has no new tricks. He just got new packaging. He'll wrap it up in something different. All of these are before us. But when we submit ourselves to God and we pray according to grace and grace said what grace does is my agreeing to what Christ has already done. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant everything. Every battle was won. Every victory was achieved. We just need to know what we have. And we need to know our identity. Who am I? Apostle Peter said, you are, we are, a royal priesthood. We are the called out ones. We are kings and priests. We are those who are called out, who are blessed, who are saved, who are delivered. We are the children of God. We are the seed of Abraham. We are. Galatians 2.29 said, we are the children of God and the seed of Abraham. We are blessed in Abraham because Abraham is the father of faith. 
And faith has to be married with grace. Grace and faith must walk together. And this is what the Father desires for us to do when we pray, to pray in faith, but not copy what we see the world does. does. But we must pray with assurance and with the authority that God gave us. As I said earlier in, in Isaiah 45, I believe it's 45, 11, says that commanding me. Well, how can I command God? By, by doing as the, as the prophet says, he says, come, let us reason together. That's what the father was saying, what the father was speaking in, in, again in the book of Isaiah. When he talked to Israel, he said, come, let us reason together. He said, I want to talk with you. And this is the same thing I believe that God is saying to us today. Come, let's talk. Today is Father's Day. What a great time for us to learn what God, the Father, that we have a Father. We have a Savior who can be touched with our feelings. Just talk to Him. Spend some time waiting. Spend some time just reading. Say, Father, as you read the word, Father, what does this mean? After you read it, don't run off. Don't spend some time in the mornings just as Father, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And just sit down and be quiet. And sit down. If you have 15, 20, 30 minutes, just sit there and be quiet. And just listen to what God will say. Father, I just want to just come before you, not with a, a boatload of, of a request, but I've come and present myself to you. Lord, I'll just sit and meditate on the, on the goodness of God, talking to him about who he is and what he's done, thanking him for how he's brought you out, how he's blessed you. And no matter where you are, you could be in prison today, but you are still on earth. You still have, you still have breath. You still have the ability to open your eyes and to hear this message and ears to hear. God has blessed, truly blessed you. You can be in a hospital room with a death sentence that you will not live to see tomorrow. But if you're a believer, you can say, well, you know what, Lord, I thank you for the time I had on the planet. And if this is my last day, tomorrow is going to be the greatest day of my existence. Why? Because I get to see Jesus. Yes, I want to live. I want to uh, go on to, uh, uh, to see the goodness of the Lord. But if I don't live to see tomorrow, guess what? I get to see Jesus. So let's finish this up here as we close out today. And, to, and the seventh verse says, But when you pray, use not vain repetition. That means you say something over, Oh, Lord, can you save me, Jesus? Oh, Lord, save me, Jesus. Save me, save me, save me, Jesus. Save me, save me, save me. That's vain repetition. Oh, God, I got to have it. I need you. I need you. I, you know, it's all right. God, he's already, this is where we know that God already knows what we need. You don't have to tell God the same thing. God is not forgetful. He doesn't, he doesn't have uh, any diseases that affect the mind. He is able to do everything we, he said. He's, he, he, whatever he's promised, he's also able to perform. He, God is not forgetful. He's a loving God, and he hears you. So he says, don't use vain repetition. Don't, get, don't, don't repeat yourself over and over and over and over, thinking, God, just make your request wrapped up in praise and glorifying his name. Praise him before you ask. Ask, praise him after you finish. As the rest of that seven verse says, but when thou prayest, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Again, that goes back. When, you, when we're praying to God, you don't have to make a long, laborious, worn-out prayer. 
just tell God what you, what what the uh, what is needed and receive it by faith. Don't make it over and over and over and over. You say you may, I, yeah, I'm make, I'm making it for a point. I keep saying this because we don't have to uh, uh, speak to God as though He's forgetful. But Jesus said, "Ask and it shall be given." Matthew seven and eight, seven, seven and eight. And the eighth verse says, "But he said, but be be not ye therefore like them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him." And then he goes on to tell them about how to pray. He said, "After this manner, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." He's giving God glory. He said, "Thy kingdom come, thy will be done." In earth as it is in heaven. And that's why I pray at times. And I pray and I speak at times. God's asking us to bring heaven to earth. Is there poverty in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there, uh, uh, um, is there uh, uh, all of these issues that we allow Satan to bring in our lives? Or will they be with us in heaven? No. That's why we must pray, Father, this is not your will, what I'm facing today. I declare I'm a child of God. I am the righteousness of God. And I refuse to accept this diagnosis, this situation where Satan says I can't have. I can have a, a, a peaceful uh, existence. I can't have a peaceful marriage. My kids can go to college. All these things, we have the ability to request because God has already done it. We're going to move further in, this, in, the, in the next lesson. But I just pray today. We need to know not only what prayer is, but what prayer is not. Prayer is about a relationship with God. The way you speaking with him, he's speaking with you. And you, and not only is it a Sunday relationship, but it's a day-to-day relationship. And if you allow him, God will make your time with him so sweet that you won't be able to wait to your designated time to speak to the Father. Again, I pray that you receive some other message today. Father, we thank you for this time. I pray for those who have not heard and have not received you. They receive you as Lord and as Savior. And that Jesus would now come into their lives. Hallelujah. You already have it. They will ask you. And we just thank you, Lord. And not only do they ask you to come, but Lord, we say to them, welcome to the family of God. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray till we meet again. Your grace and mercy will be upon them. Your peace will will abide with them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, and welcome to Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we're going to continue today in studying about prayer. Last week, we talked about what prayer is not. Today, we're going to go and study about how that Jesus talked and taught his disciples about prayer what prayer is not, and today we're going to go into the study of the practice of prayer, or the format of prayer, that Jesus gave unto his disciples, and what is good for us today. Uh, Many of us call the book of Matthew 6 chapter the Lord's Prayer, and which it is, and many have made this the format, and any time they come before the Lord, they recite this entire uh, verses as they begin to pray unto the Lord, but I would have, and I would say, that this is the format. This is not what we should say every time 
we come before God, which is the Lord's Prayer, but it is a format that he gave us and how we should pray. And I would like to say that this is not the only way that you can pray, nor is, am I condemning anyone who gets before the Lord and recites the Lord's Prayer. That's not, my, that's not my purpose. But what I am trying to do is to shine some light on what Jesus was doing, was giving the disciples a format of what they should practice whenever they came into the presence of God and when they took time out, and as we take time out to come before the Father, this is what we should do. We should follow this format that the Savior gave us here in Matthew 6 chapter, and we're going to start in the 8th verse. And I'll read this verse, and, and, and we'll go through these, a few verses through chapter 15, verse 15, and we'll talk about these and add some color to it, and, and prayerfully, you'll receive some words of wisdom today as we go into the study again of prayer. Matthew 6 chapter, 8 verse, and it says, Be not therefore likened unto them, for your Father knoweth what you have need of before you ask him. And I think right before Jesus began to give them the format, he tells the uh, disciples, Remember, the Father is all-knowing. He is an omnipotent God, an all-powerful God, uh, uh, omniscient God, meaning all-knowing. So he knows everything. And some people will say, well, why should, why should I pray then if God knows everything? Because prayer is for you. God is always informed. But faith is what connects with God and brings the things in the invisible into the visible. Hebrews 6 chapter says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in our prayer to God, we are reaching in to those unseen things. And faith brings it to substance or manifestation in our life. And this is what Jesus was telling his disciples, that the Father knows what you have need of. But it's upon you to reach over into the spiritual world and bring it from the spiritual world over into manifestation of what, um, what a manifestation is where you can see it, touch it, feel it in your present life. And so that it would meet your needs. So again, the Father knows. We don't have to inform him. But what we do need to do is to speak to him and speak God's language. And when I say speak God's language, I'm not even talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about when we speak the word of God. This is what the Father said to do. And I believe and have been successful in when I pray and when I, when I uh, connect my prayers to what grace has provided for me and what God, grace has provided for us in the word of God, then that's where I find success. If you can find what you desire in uh, grace, then you have a right to it. And what I mean by that is to be very simplistic is where I always make that example. If you are unmarried and you try, say, Lord, I would like to have that man and he's married, that's not in grace because we know that adultery is, is a sin and grace will not afford that for you. Or it won't capture that for you. But if you are a young lady or young man and you see, Lord, I have a desire to be married and I have a desire to uh, have a companion, Lord, in marriage. And again, young is from uh, uh, 18 to 88 or 108, whatever age you are, and you desire to be married, God can grant you that request if that's what you desire. So again, but it must be in, in, in uh, agreement with the grace of God, which, is, which God has already provided for us. So in this eighth verse, uh, Jesus began to tell his disciples, the Father knows what you have need of. And previous to that, he was telling them, don't do these things. 
Don't be uh, a person that prays in vain repetition. In other words, repeat the same thing over and over and over and over. Because this is what many who uh, worship idols, they chant before God. They chant before their gods and over and over and over, thinking that that would make their God answer them. So the Father is saying to us, let's not be like those, like the unbeliever. Let's not be like uh, the world or the heathen and the heathen of those who don't know God. As all of us were, were at one time, we were all lost. We were all disconnected from God. Although he loved us as his, his created children, yet we were not his born again children until we received the, uh, his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So again, he says in the eighth verse, be not therefore likened unto them. For your father knoweth what you have need, that you have need of these things before you ask him. And the ninth verse says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now the first thing Jesus began to tell us is, the first thing you do if we enter into prayer is, come into the presence of God. And uh, as Psalms 100 says, enter into his gates with uh, thanksgiving and into his, into his courts with praise. So as Psalm 104 tells us to come in giving God thanks and giving him praise for what he's already done, thanking him and bless his name. We bless God when we begin to tell him uh, uh, and begin to praise him and lift him up for being the all-powerful one, the almighty one. How he woke us up this morning. How he gave us air to breathe and, and the activity of our, our lungs and activity of our hands and feet. And we can breathe. He gave us air to breathe. These things may seem simple, but these are things as if we can be re reminded of the great things. Even the minute things that we many times don't even pay attention to. Or even go back into the past and you can remember where God brought you out from. Where you were last year. Some of you might have been uh, um, afflicted with COVID. Or you may have been in a place of weariness and, and, and mourning as you lost loved ones. Or um, whatever the case may be. Whatever You could have been have lost a job and not knowing, Lord, where am I going to live? What am I going to eat? But Jesus, all in this sixth chapter, he lays a foundation for us as believers. He tells us, uh, he says, and over in, in the New Testament, he says, don't be like the heathen. Don't be like those who, who are all, all encompassed. Their whole mind is, is captivated by what am I going to eat? Where am I going to see, sleep? What am I going to put on? Because they don't have the confidence in the Father. Not only do the unbeliever does that, but even we as believers, many times we let our focus leave what God has, has already done for us. Not only uh, what he can do, but what he has done as he's performed for us. Well, many of us, you might could have been in the hospital and you know you've got that uh, diagnosis from the doctor saying, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we sort of scratching our head. We can't determine what this is. And somehow, some way, the father makes a way and we know it's by his grace. For medicine only arrests the condition, but we know that God is the healer. And today, where you might have been in the hospital six months ago or six weeks ago or six hours ago, the Father is the reason why the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, which he's, which he's given to us, that's the reason why we are healthy today. That's the reason why we're still on this earth. That's the reason why that uh, whereas last year we were unemployed, this year we are employed. Well, last year we were wondering, where is my next meal going to come from? Now your refrigerator or freezer may be full. And not only that, but you are, not only can feed yourself, but you can feed your neighbor. You can, some of you are 
taking in uh, grandchildren. You were taking in uh, your nieces and nephews because the parent or parents may have uh, have died or you know may may not have enough to feed their children, and you're doing this. But these are the things that we should be thankful for. And this is what Jesus is saying here. Be thankful. That's what prayer is. And when we come into the presence of God, give him praise and give him thanks for what he has done, what he's going to do, and what you and, 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 and things that not only what you're looking for today, not only must we praise him for what we are looking for, and the scripture, there is scripture for that where it says that God uh, uh, speaks those things that are not as though they were. So in other words, what I'm looking for, because I believe in my heart that what's written in the word is also uh, available to me. As God blessed Abraham, as God blessed others, we've seen uh, the miracle working power as God has given us jobs when we didn't have one. He's a, uh, uh, many of us, we was in college like I was and you know, you, you're looking and say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, you're looking for money to pay your tuition, for pay your room and board. Uh, if you had an automobile, you were looking for gas in the car. You just might have been making it from week to week, from day to day. But years later, you can look back and say, I remember when. So this is what Jesus is saying. Be thankful. Be thankful for what you have, not only for what you have today, but for what God has blessed you with down through the years, day by day. Every need that you had, you, it might not have come like you thought it would come, but by the grace of God, he has provided for you. So this is what he's saying. Be, 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 be thankful, and then not only be thankful for what he's done, praise him for who he is. And somebody says, say, well, why should I praise God? You know, God knows I love him because that comes out of a, a thankful heart is what the Father is looking for. And this, if you go and read in the, in the book of Thessalonians, it talks about in the last days how that one of the signs that we're living in the very last days, he said, men will be unthankful. They will be prideful. They will be, uh, uh, you know, he said, love, the love of many will wax cold, meaning that they will see so much as we do. Seems like every week there's a um, there's a mass shooting where we see uh, children and, and uh, men and women killed on the job just minding their own business, and someone comes angry at the boss or angry at the situation or just angry. Period, and they come in and shooting people, uh, shooting strangers, shooting fellow workers, killing them, injuring them, maiming them, where uh, you know uh, paralyzing them for the rest of their life. And if they're not physically injured, many of them are are mentally in, in, injured. So, you know, many, some of us, you know, you've, you've come into situations and you saw the aftermath. And if you weren't delayed, if you weren't uh, stopped by that traffic uh, officer and given a ticket, if you weren't uh, stopped by that accident, you could have been in the same situation. You could have been the one killed on the job. You could have been the one uh, injured in that explosion. You could have been the one uh, that was at the intersection and, and killed. All of these things could have happened. You know, you pray for them, the people that, uh, that God would give them mercy, and you pray for the families that are, going, that are grieving. But many of us can have, know of situations where have it had not been for the Lord on our side, we too will be in the same situation that we see others suffering with today. So this is what Jesus is saying. Be thankful. Be thankful for the things that God has brought you out of, where you can look back today and say, Lord, I thank you for where I am. Or you can look into the future and say, Lord, I may not have what I want today, but by the grace of God, I will be in a better place, if not tomorrow, 
then next week, if not next week, then next year. And if I never get it, I know, Lord, that there's a better thing waiting for me in eternity. And I said earlier, some of us, you know, you, you might have got a bad report from the doctor and said he's, he or she's telling you that, you know, I don't know what to do about this. And, you know, others that have had this, you may, you know, what you, they, 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 they died in four weeks or four days or four months. And um, so we just, if nothing else, get your affairs together. And you might have gotten that bad report. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm determined to live for God. I'm determined that whatever comes against me, that, you know what? I believe in healing. I believe in the mighty power of God. I've, God has healed my body time after time, whether it's minor thing or major things, whether I've had to have an um, operation, whatever the case may be. God has seen me through it. But if not, if I'm not delivered, if I'm not healed, I will go to a better place. If, because Paul said, if we, if this life is the only thing that we have hoped for, we are men and women most miserable. But we know as believers, there is, some, there is a heaven beyond the place we are today. There is a, there's a house, as if a Hebrew talks about, how that although we are uh, Abraham and all those were given promises that God would give his descendants all of Canaan, and they were inherited as the children of, of Abraham. Abraham didn't see that, but he had a hope for a better country. He wasn't looking. He said, you know what, Father? I trust you that my children... As God spoke to him in uh, Hebrews 12, 12th chapter, he said, I told him, I'm going to bless you and cause you to be a blessing. I'm going to make your name great. Abraham was blessed. He, he did bless those who were around him. And, he, and, and not only that, he, the name of Abraham was blessed. But he did not see every, pray, every promise that God gave, had given him come to pass. He saw Isaac, his son, being born. And I believe he saw Jacob and Esau. But beyond that, he didn't see the 12 nations form. But by faith, he believed that God was faithful. And this is where we can get to if we learn to trust God. And when you come into prayer with a praise and thanksgiving in your heart, many times you forget about why the, the, the problem or the, uh, the situation that you came for. But yet God knows, as Jesus said, your father knows what you have need of. All right. Verse number 10. And he says, when you pray, hallowed, he said, uh, in the ninth verse, last stanza says, hallowed be thy name, meaning God, your name is most holy and most worthy. The 10th verse says, thy kingdom come. He said, thy kingdom come, meaning Jesus told the, uh, uh, those who were around, he said, uh, the kingdom of heaven is not, uh, is not flesh and bone. I believe it's over in the book of Romans uh, 17th chapter saying, uh, the kingdom of God is not uh, uh, flesh and uh Flesh and bones, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm not quoting that right, uh, uh, exactly correctly. But if you go to uh, Romans 17, 14, you'll see that how Jesus told them that, you know what? It, the, the kingdom of God is in the spirit. That's how you touch it. I believe it's the kingdom of God not meat and drink. That's what it is. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. It can't be touched with hands, but it can be touched by faith. And this is what Jesus is saying here in the 10th verse. He said, thy kingdom come. In other words, Father, come and, inha and inhabit me. I want your kingdom, the very Holy Spirit. That's what you have established for me in heaven. I want that kingdom to be established not only in me, but I want to be establisher of it by 
winning others to Christ by witnessing, by living their life. And not only and not only that, but as you bless me, I bless others. I bless those who are without. I bless the elders. I bless the children who are suffering in, in uh, uh, either foster children or in, in homeless shelters or whatever the case may be. This is how we establish God's kingdom when the world can see that, you know what, the church is doing its job. The church is, is, is speaking truth. The church is establishing righteousness. The church is preaching the word of God. The church is talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we should be doing, and the church is doing. The church is establishing that Jesus is not just in the heavens, but he dwells in people, and we, our physical bodies, which holds the, uh, uh, the, the, the very Holy Spirit on our inside man, we are the church of the living God, and we are Jesus in the earth. We are his hands. We now must go and pray. We must now go and, and, and witness. We must now go and, and be an example of love and kindness and mercy. This is why prayer is important for us as a people. So we can be led by the, uh, by the Spirit of God, and we can show or exemplify Jesus in the earth. So the 10th verse says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And as I often say, I've never heard of sick, uh, crutches and sick people in heaven. Never read, heard, read of poverty and, and, and uh, 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 slums or ghettos in heaven. None of those things are there. So what Jesus is saying, we should be praying, God, what you have in heaven, I decree and I declare that that is established in the earth. It's established, Lord, because you said it in your word. So I decree and declare that the, that the kingdom of God is not only established in me, but you will use me to establish your kingdom in the earth. So in every facet of life, if I, if, if I can't do it, I can send somebody else to do it or bless them to go and do it so that we all are the people and the children of God and we will see your kingdom established in the earth and that men will see our good works and will glorify you, which are, is in heaven. Okay, now let's go on to the 11th verse. Then he said, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Not only is he talking about uh, physical bread, we know that the that, that Father loves us, and he promised to never leave us nor forsake us. But we also need the daily bread of the word of God. We need a right now word, not a, a word that was received last year, you know, and, and that's good. When you receive it through prophecy or God enlighten a, a verse of scripture to you. But it's important that you eat and meditate. And eating, what I mean by this, is that you read the word and then you meditate on it. If you only read one scripture. And you just meditate on what that scripture, what does it mean to you? And we do this by talking to the Father. We're talking and speaking to God in the, in the, in the, in the heavenly language. Or we're just praying in English, English and saying, Father, what does this mean? What, how does this apply to me? How, did this, uh, uh, how should I take this word, Lord? And, and, and what do you want me to do? How can I use it for the edifying of the kingdom of God? Meaning, can, how can I bring light to it in my life? How can I show love to that person who, who uh, uh, seemed to be depressed all the time? How can I show love, Lord, to that, uh, that man, Lord, who, who's across the street, who's always he's struggling, he's he got to raise his children by, him, by himself? How can my family be a blessing to him? How can my family, how can I be a blessing, Lord? Not only to those in my neighborhood, but wherever the case may be. That's what the Father is looking for us. 
the Lord, as I've, I've, again, I've, as I've learned, the Father not only wants us to be blessed, but he wants us to be a blessing so that we will take in this daily bread and meditate on it and allow it to become, let that word live in us, let that seed grow in us so we can bear fruit of what the Father would have us to do and we would fulfill our purpose in the earth. All right, verse number, verse number 12. And he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we all know that all of us have, whether it's a, a monetary debt, whether it's a, um, a debt or an obligation that we owe, we should all look to fulfill the debts that we know. And not only that, but the debts that we have to you, Father. That's what I mean by being thankful and bringing praise and thanksgiving and knowing and giving God glory. Jesus paid up uh, uh, the, the highest debt that could ever be paid just for one of us. Just one drop of Jesus' blood was enough. And we owe him so much. And he took what we deserve so that we could receive what he deserved. He deserved uh, life and a kingdom which he has. But all of us, no matter how good you are, you might be better than me. Your life might have been uh, uh, ten times better. You might have never lied. You might never cheated. You might never uh, do, done any of those things. You didn't do it. Uh, uh, you didn't. You haven't offended anyone. But you, we all bared, and we all had, and had the blood of of uh, of, of Adam. And because we had that sin nature that came by being a seed of Adam, we are guilty. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But when we go and receive Christ and ask him to come into our life and receive him, then we receive a debt paid that none of our action could have paid for. But because he died, we live. Let's move on. And the 13th verse says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And he said, we, and we know in the 13th verse that God tempts no man, but he will allow us to be tested. Trials are going to come. Trials show up in all of our lives. It rings your doorbell and you don't you have to answer the door. It'll come on in. It'll come in bodaciously. Right through the door, knock the door down, or just seep under the scene, under, under the uh, door jam. Somehow or another, a trial or tribulation or whatever the case may be, is going to come and test you. But we know that the Father is with us. And when we practice what he has told us to do, that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Said, be thankful unto him and bless his name. And we follow this, this format that Jesus gave us. And yes, of course, in the middle of all of this, we said, Father, I, I, I know you're good. I praised you, Lord, for who you are and for what you've done. That's my petition, Lord. Just bless me with a job. Lord, I know that you've already done this. I thank you, Lord, that this job down here on 101 Main Street, I have the qualifications, Lord. The job is, is open. I ask of you, Lord, to, and believe by faith and I receive it in Jesus' name. And then go on and praise him and give him glory more. And lift him up for, and, and praise him for who he is and what he's done. Remind him of how he brought you out. How he healed you. How he delivered you. Lord, you know, I know many, some of you maybe uh, have been afflicted with cancer or 
whatever uh, other diseases there are, there are multitudes of them. You could have a mind, many have migraine headaches. But I want to tell you by the, by uh, that in the word of God in, in 1 Peter 2.24, that by his stripes we were healed. Not we're going to be healed. And in Isaiah 53, it says that by his stripes we are healed. But after Christ's birth, life, death, and resurrection, we're already healed now. Because he shed his blood and then offered it up for us. Now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, I can claim my healing, which he, which he bought back for me. This is what he took from Satan. So now I can boldly go before the throne of grace and say, Father, Jesus bought this for me, and I lay claim to it. And you can boldly speak and say, Cancer, I cancel you. You seek to cancel me, but I cancel you. In the name of Jesus, cancer, die. For I shall live and not die and see the goodness of the Lord. See, you not only must pray but we know you don't have to know again every scripture in the Bible. But you do have to know one for what you need, for what you desire. You need to find the scripture in the Bible that pertains to what you want. And when you, when you find that scripture and meditate on it, then pray. Thank him for what he's already done. Praise him for who he is. Make your request. Thank him for what he's already done. Praise him for who he is. And then look for the manifestation. Again, it may not come the next hour. It may not come the next day or next week. But in your heart, from that moment on, thank him. Thank God for what he did. When Jesus died on Calvary, the debt was paid. By his stripes, we were healed. By his blood, we were adopted into the heavenly family. Now we are. Because as, as Abraham believed, so we do, so we believe. And as Galatians says, we are the seed of Abraham, the father by faith, a man of righteousness. Not because he was righteous, but because he was declared righteous. And now we are declared righteous by what Jesus did. He made us righteous. Therefore, when we pray, God doesn't see you as you were before you became a believer. From the moment you were covered by the blood, God sees you as a born-again believer, a born-again son or daughter. That doesn't mean the sin is not a uh, that sin is not a, a, a something you need to deal with. Yes, we confess our sins and we we ask God's forgiveness, but it doesn't mean that you can go out and do and, and sin and think Satan when you sin when we sin. God has forgave us before we ask, us, ask Him to forgive us, but when we sin, we open the door. The possibilities for Satan. That don't mean we run and all afraid about what Satan will do. But we want to keep that door closed. By just praying, Father, cover me. Thank you. Walk in the, in the newness of life. Walk in what God has promised you. And receive the promises that Christ has already done. That's so much more we can talk about faith today and prayer. For they two, those two are melded together. We must always pray in, pray in faith. And you know all us goes with this? The beginning of faith is hope. We begin with hope. Some people say, well, you know what, preacher? I 
hope uh, that 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 I'm healed. I hope that God's gonna bless me with this job. I hope that uh, you know that, that that my marriage works out, beloved. That's the beginning. But everybody's got to begin somewhere. The hope in Christ will not. You will not be ashamed if you got hope in Jesus. That's just the beginning. We know that hope's got to will materialize in faith, and faith will bring forth out of the out of the spirit into into manifestation. So. Get your hope built up. Find you a scripture that pertains to your need. And let your faith be built. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, as Jude says, we pray in the Holy Ghost, building up our most holy faith. Your faith will be built up by you praying in the Spirit. And also, your faith will be built up by you fasting. Fasting doesn't affect God. Fasting affects you. If you've never fasted before, take some time out. Faith. Fast for your breakfast from, from, from night till, till noon. And say, Father, I'm offering this up. I know there's so many thoughts going on in my mind. There's doubt. There's unbelief, Lord. There's all many crazy thoughts. Just take time out and just talk to God. Get up in the morning. Skip your breakfast and coffee. And give yourself some time to just, just fast at noon to start with. This is a start. But you got to start somewhere. I'll end this with a saying. I heard, I heard this saying I've kept for many a day. Whenever I'm Starting on a project or something that, that seems to be difficult. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. You've got to take a step in your direction that you are aiming to, or your destination. That thousand mile journey begins with the first step. I hope you're blessed by the word today. And I pray as I do this today, I'm going to, before I pray, I just want to tell you that if you want to contact with us, you can reach out to us at Pastor Eric and D at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric and D. P-A-S-T-O-R-E-R-I-C. The word A-N-D and then D-E-E. That's my wife's name. At gmail.com. Or you can mail us at Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. That's Pastor Eric at uh, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all those who are listening. We pray, Lord, that hearts will be changed. Miracles, signs, and wonders will be brought about in their life as they grab a hold, Lord, to what you, we've spoken today. And they begin to pray and to praise and to glorify you, knowing that there's nothing too hard for God. We pray for any who might be looking to be saved. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, forgive them for their sins. Say, Lord, we thank you that Jesus died for us on the cross. Today we receive him as Lord and Savior. And thank you, Lord, for welcoming me into the family of God. Until we meet again on this broadcast, have a blessed day.